Welcome back to What's the Play. Danny and Sosa are back to break down the biggest game of the year, the Super Bowl. This year, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Two teams I think nobody was really expecting. The Bengals, for sure, nobody expected. The Rams, maybe some people expected because they have been a pretty good team the past few years. This is their second Super Bowl appearance in four years. But this is definitely an interesting matchup that I think almost no analyst would have predicted and um yeah it's gonna be pretty exciting yeah absolutely it's always nice to have a bit of a fresh super bowl though because you know in recent years we've had mahomes and brady kind of just like duking it out and then you know you do get that one team like the 49ers which i think are comparable to the rams and that they are so talented everywhere else but now the rams themselves have like a really good quarterback instead of you know, that Jimmy G level type quarterback. So it's going to be very interesting for sure. And, you know, looking at both teams, it's easy to see that the Rams are more talented top to bottom. But the Bengals, they've just been winning in weird ways and unique ways. And you can see that this team has really bonded in a special way. And, you know, one one game left to put it all out there. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll break down starting with the Bengals, and then we'll go into the Rams afterwards. And for me, for the Bengals' offense, of course, it starts with Mr. Joe Burrow. Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty. <laughs> How many nicknames? The, the MVP Joe of MVPs. Cool. Joe Cool. I mean, this guy has so much swag. This guy has so much. And he's, his play has lived up to it, right? He's been playing incredible. And the only way that the Bengals win this game definitely has to go through him. Um, there's been conversation on the Bengals in terms of what they're doing on first down, looking at the offense as a whole. We've seen in the previous games in the playoffs that they've obviously liked to run the ball on first down with Joe Mixon, but there's been conversation about maybe that's a wasted down, but I personally don't think that's something that they're going to change up at all because it's, it's worked for them for the most part. Mixon did have some big runs in the championship game. AFC Championship game as well. So I think that they're going to try to stick to their identity and probably keep doing that. But I do expect the offense to struggle a little bit this game. The big mismatch, of course, is the Bengals offensive line versus the Rams defensive line. And that's been talked about all week, all two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. And I do think we will see that to fruition. It is going to be very difficult for that offensive line to block Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and the Rams defensive line. Something that I thought was interesting, though, in the championship game was Joe was able to mitigate that a bit with some scrambling, especially in the second half. But that's something that I expect the Rams to be a little bit prepared for this time around. So it's going to be very difficult for Joe to find time to throw the ball. And when he scrambles, if they have a spy on him, then it's also going to be very difficult for him to go ahead and run for the first down himself. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you know, this is the unit to me that I think has impressed all playoffs is the Bengals defense. We weren't expecting a ton from them, even since the Raiders game, but they've really shown uh, a lot of strength, a lot of bend, don't break. And it's been, it's been really impressive. Honestly, I expect, I expect them to keep a lot of their defensive identity going to this game. They're not a team that blitz a ton, which is pretty good. I think because of Stafford's record against the blitz so far this year. And I think they're going to do a lot of, uh, a lot of soft coverages trying to keep everything in front of them. What I expect is that they'll try to force Stafford 
to hit a lot of his checkdowns and force him to make the mistakes because it's very difficult for him to march all the way downfield, dink and dunk, and without making any mistakes because he's a little bit prone to that. So, you know, ninety going 90 yards, going 95 yards, is Stafford going to make all the right throws the entire time? That's something that is going to be interesting to see and is going to be sort of the could be the Bengals strategy in trying to win this game on the defensive side. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those points. And, you know, with the Bengals looking for their first Super Bowl win in franchise history and to overcome decades of absolute poverty, like just looking two years back at where this team was, they were two and 14, right? And then they get Burrow and then, you know, the ACL and then they get Chase and they just go on this crazy run, which has been absolutely incredible to watch. You know, you've got a lot of people rooting for them and rooting for this team. And yeah, as you mentioned, the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line is has been a big talking point. And, you know, football games are usually just one in the trenches. But I think if the Bengals are able to be smart, it won't be as big of a deal as, you know, the media has made it come come up to be. And it all starts with stopping those horrible first down runs. As you said, you cannot go into second and 10, second and 11 against this Rams defense consistently and expect to win. So I expect them to, you know, get some quick passes out, you know, get Jamar Chase in space, you know, get the ball out to him, see what he can do. Set up some screens with Mixon or Pirine and just try and get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quickly. And we've seen that, you know, sacks can be uh, a quarterback stat as well. And, you know, Burrow taking those nine sacks against the Titans, that was not, that cannot happen in this game for the Bengals to win. He needs to get rid of the ball quick and he needs to be able to find his spots and avoid that pressure as he did against the Chiefs in that second half, which is very impressive. And I think, you know, looking at this game, the Bengals on the defensive side, you mentioned that they don't blitz as much, which is good against, you know, the best (laughs) quarterback against the blitz in the NFL they didn't blitz Mahomes a lot and you know they dropped back dropped back eight rushed three tried to play some really tight coverage and they were excelling at that against the Chiefs weapons so I think they will try to frustrate Stafford and try to force him to make those tight window throws which he has not really excelled at you know comparing looking at the quarterbacks this weekend uh Stafford has actually been near the bottom of the league in terms of accuracy, like pure accuracy on throws, yet the Rams have been successful because you've got Cooper Cup, you've got Odell Beckham, just get them the ball in space. And usually they're wide open. (laughs) He's got, he's got wide open guys to throw to. So if they, if the Bengals can come up big again in that secondary, you know, they've had three key interceptions in each of the playoff games. You know, they stopped Derek Carr on that last drive. They stopped Brian Tannehill on that on that drive to to set up the winning field goal. And then they picked off Mahomes again in overtime to set up the winning field goal. So that defense has to come up big with the turnovers. And that's kind of the only way I see the Bengals winning. But, you know, the Rams, they are looking to be the second team to host and win the Super Bowl, which would happen in back-to-back years, which is absolutely crazy. And just looking at this team, top to bottom, they have way more talent than the Bengals. And even looking at, you know, their top tier talent, they have three of the top five most valuable non-quarterbacks, according to PFF's wins above replacement with Donald, Cooper Cup, and Jalen Ramsey. So they 
have got some superstar power and they're excelling. All these guys are excelling at their positions. Like Cub obviously just won offensive player of the year. And to me, he's he's probably got the best case for MVP, honestly, with that team and what he's been able to do. And like bringing this team this far, you know, he's already got the most total yards ever in a season, including the postseason over 2000. So that's just been really impressive to see him go to work. And, you know, the Rams are more talented top to bottom. They're better coach. They've got the home advantage. And it kind of seems written in the stars. But I think it will come down to which quarterback is able to have the better day. And, you know, even though Joe Burrow's task is much harder than Matthew Stafford's, I'm, I, I, just, I still have, I just can't rely on Stafford that much. But we'll see with the offense. You know, these teams are actually number one and number two in the discrepancy between their rush expected points added and their pass expected points added. So passing, they are so much better at scoring points, moving the ball downfield than they are with rushing the ball. So we can see if the the Rams can get some something going with Sony Michelle and Cam Akers. I think the, the Bengals defense, they are ranked fifth in the NFL in rushing yards per allowed, but against the Titans, I saw Foreman have some big rushes. And of course, Henry was in, injured, so he or just coming back from a massive injury, so he wasn't as as effective. But we also saw the Chiefs were able to run the ball a bit against them in that AFC championship game before they got away from it. So if Sony Michelle and Cam Akers are able to, you know, come up big, have consistent gains. And then let Stafford cook with some play action and some rollouts, then it could get really scary for the Bengals. But I think if they can force Stafford into some tight window throws, then I don't think the the Rams offense will be as explosive. Unless Cooper Cup just goes crazy. That's always that's always the case. He's got a really good chance of winning a Super Bowl MVP. And then again on the defensive side, we've got you know the marquee matchup, Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase. We'll see how that shakes down. Usually the wide receiver has the advantage in these in these matchups, but it'll be very interesting. You know, Ramsey is at his best covering these like big, big bodied receivers, but Jamar Chase has that next level speed as well. So that could be a challenge for Ramsey to deal with as well. But, you know, Von Miller and Aaron Donald always ready to wreak havoc, especially in the playoffs with Von Miller against that Bengals O-line. So we'll see how they can do if they can get to Burrow and force him off his spot, force him to hold on to the football instead of getting rid of it quick. But yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting. I guess we'll hear your takes on the Rams before we get to our predictions. Yeah, I think the Rams are just a more talented team. And you mentioned why is why are the Rams receivers always running wide open? I think that's credit to Sean McVay and Kevin O'Connell and what the coaching staff has done offensively to and their scheme and what they've done to get the, to get those guys wide open and why Stafford has been able to be so successful so successful um, in that system so fast but I definitely agree with a lot of your points on what the Rams need to do offensively obviously get the ball to Cooper Cup as much as possible I mean this guy is just amazing he he's gonna he's gonna get you those yak yards he's gonna catch the ball he's gonna do, do everything for you so you, you're definitely gonna want to win the game through through Cooper Cup if he's doubled, as we've seen in previous games in the playoffs, that's when you go and find Odell and go and find Van Jefferson. So those guys can carve, can carve as well. Especially Odell um, could come in and have a pretty big game. And I'm sure 
Drake believes that Odell's gonna have a big game betting <laughs> betting half a million bro that's oh. <laughs> half a million in Bitcoin on Od- Odell Beckham Jr. overs over over point five touchdowns and over I think it's about sixty two yards so we'll see if those bets hit anyway <laughs> yo Drake if you're listening pay my tuition <laughs> stop betting <laughs> give me that money. <laughs> I, I wish he was listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Injuries-wise, I think for the Rams offensively not to have Higby, it's looking like Tyler Higby won't play, which is their starting tight end. Um, but the backup tight end last week was able to give them some production as well. So I think uh, with two weeks of preparation, then I wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, Kendall Blanton, Kendall Blanton was, is his name, I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to able to produce um, I think the Rams are going to continue to run, try to run the ball efficiently, even though they haven't most of the season. They don't uh, 99 yards per game, but that's something that they've gotten a bit better at since Ken Makers has come back, and I think that's something that I expect to continue. Like you mentioned, they're fifth fifth in passing yards, and also the Bengals' defense is 26th ranked in passing defense, so that is a obvious pretty pretty big mismatch there the rams should be able to throw the ball efficiently as long as stafford doesn't make any crucial crucial mistakes and of course i got a chime in on the ramsey versus chase conversation i mean that's going to be a really fun one to watch all game i do think though i wouldn't be surprised to see uh, jamar chase get doubled and ramsey on tyler higby because like you said uh, Ramsey plays really well versus big-bodied receivers. Chase is obviously can do everything, but Higby is also a really, really tall, really big receiver that um that was really productive against the Chiefs. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him spend some time on him while they double double uh, Jamar Chase with the safety over the top, likely. And I mean, Aaron Donald should eat. This is his big moment. This is this is this is the time for him to show up and perform. He didn't play that well in the previous Super Bowl that they were in, and I think that's something that he's going to remember. And this should be a game where he comes in and really takes over. I mean, we've been we've been calling him the best defensive player in the league for quite a few years now. We've been calling him an all all time great defensive player. And what do all time great players do? Is come out and perform in the biggest games. So I think this is I think that's something I expect him to really want to come out and make a statement statement in this game. And the entire defensive line, of course, should be should be ready to to come at these guys yeah. and yeah i mean some overall thoughts for me just looking at the playoffs as a whole the bengals a lot of close wins i mean you look at the the win against the chiefs that game went into overtime the win the previous win that they had versus the titans that was a walk-off uh field goal and even against the raiders that was a pretty good pretty close game coming down the stretch so I don't, I'm not going to say that they've been lucky. They've been very good, but things have been things have been really close on the on the Rams side of things. You know, they had a decisive win against the Cardinals. The other two games were pretty close, but I feel like we saw a lot of a lot of a lot of them just giving up leads or a lot of them um, allowing the other team to get back into the game. And the Rams are a more talented team. The Rams are more talented. The Rams, to me, have the better coaches um, defensively as well. I forgot I haven't, haven't mentioned Raheem Morris. The one thing that I am also worried, and it's not pop- fun to talk about, but is the kicking. 
McPherson has been perfect in the playoffs, 12 for 12. And Matt Gay has been a little bit inconsistent. The Rams kicker has been a little bit inconsistent and missed some some kicks that he should make. Those those kind of things are heightened in the playoffs and especially in a game like the Super Bowl. So that is something I'm a bit nervous about. However, the Rams talent, the Rams coaching, I do believe the Rams win this football game. Rams 24, Bengals 17. Ooh. And you know, it, it's, you know, the line says the Rams should win. Logic says the Rams should win. You know, we look at the rosters, we look at the coaches, we look at the results, but the Bengals just keep winning somehow, some way. We can call it luck. We can call it the power of Joe Cool. We can call, call it the power of the timely interceptions by their defense. But, you know, when we did our midseason podcast, I did say it felt like some random AFC team would get hot and they would just win. And it's been a really weird season. So I'm just going to stick with that. I think the Bengals win 24-23 on a game-winning McPherson kick because why not? And I just I just trust Joe Burrow to come through in the clutch more than I trust Stafford. And I think the Bengals will capitalize on the turnovers if they're able to get any. That's going to be the key in this game. And they've been really good at capitalizing on turnovers all season. So I trust them to to put the ball in the end zone when they do get, you know, some short fields. And yeah, it's just, I don't know if you want to call it the team of destiny, but it would be so cool to see them win the first Super Bowl in franchise history. And yeah, you know, I do like, like, I'd like to see Aaron Donald, Odell, Beckham get a ring. Cooper Cup, definitely, he's just been... Unreal Jalen Ramsey getting a ring too would be pretty cool, but you know, there's just there's something about the Bengals. There's just there's fun and I can't I can't help but root for them. No, that's completely fair. I do think this is weirdly enough one of the most likable Super Bowls that we've had because it's very easy to cheer for the Bengals. And I think even on the Rams side of things too, like I think a lot of people are happy for Matt Stafford coming out of Detroit and being able to come out and have some success. And I think a lot Cooper cup is also a really popular player. So, you know, there's no, there's no team to really hate on either side. Like you're kind of happy either way, but, but no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And I think Joe Burrow is going to play well. I just think the Rams as a team are going to be better. I mean, Burrow has last seven games, 15 touchdowns and only two interceptions and averaging uh, 331 yards. Like he's been, and I think, I think he continues that he's been amazing. I think he continues to be amazing, but I, I think the pressure and I think the the talent on the Rams offensively, Odell, Cooper Cup, all those guys, all those names. I, I think I think all of that comes to fruition. And Von Miller as well, I think is also is also gonna come out and have a good game. All the all the mid season additions that, that they had and everything just seems to be coming coming together together for them. They're a top heavy team, but they're healthy. So for the most part, they're healthy minus Tyler Higby. Um, so I, th- I think that's going to come to fruition. It's going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch. I like that we both don't have it super high scoring either. Like we both think it'll be close, mm-hmm. kind of mid scoring type game. Yeah. But yeah, the last game of the season. It's so tragic. What am I going to do for the next seven months <laughs> after this? Oh, it's just pain. Oh. It's just good. It's just gonna be draft and off season talk. Oh, <laughs> man. But yeah, I think do we wanna talk about the NFL honors? Absolutely. The NFL honors just happened 
last night. And yeah, the, the season awards have come out. Which award do you want to start with? Let's go MVP. Sarah, which we disagree on. <laughs> this is actually the only one I disagree with. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we can start with MVP. Um, Aaron Rodgers was awarded the the season MVP. Brady came in second, and Cooper Cup got one one lonely vote. One vote. But, tragic, um, tragic, tragic. But yeah, I think you want to make the case for for why it was not justified. Yeah, thirty nine votes to Aaron Rodgers. Like, hello, what are we doing, voters? What are we doing? Like, I don't even understand. I feel like Cooper Cup had a better case for MVP. Brady had a better case for MVP. Even Jonathan Taylor, if the Colts didn't absolutely wreck the bed in the, in the last two games of the season, had better cases. But I don't know. And he was Aaron Rodgers was complaining about being canceled by the media and the NFL. Well, that clearly didn't happen. Because what? And it's it becomes a touchdown to interception ratio award or a recency bias award because or just I guess Brady fatigue is definitely a thing. And like, you know, as a Brady fan, like I obviously people think, oh, the NFL loves him, but even even with the news about Deflate Gate being a complete sham, which you know, Pats fans, we all knew that like ages ago. And like it's just unbelievable that a 44-year-old can put a 5,300 yards, lead the league in completion, have the highest amount of completions in NFL history, you know, lead the league in touchdowns, while, like, all Chris Godwin was out, Mike Evans missed a game, A.B. literally ran off the field in the middle of the game, and he had to throw a game-winning pass to Cyril Grayson. Like, who is that? And then the one time they don't score uh, 30-plus points because their kicker misses a field goal. In the playoffs, they immediately lose. Like, I just don't understand how Rodgers can win over, I guess, the recency bias. Because if you switch the Saints game, Rodgers' Saints game, and Brady's last Saints game, Brady wins MVP. Or if you just keep everything the same, switch their names and switch switch their stats, uh, Brady would win MVP. Or Rodgers would win MVP with Brady's stats. It's just, it's pretty crazy to me. But, you know, it is what it is. And I think, let me go find the tweet. Sam from PFF put it best. He said, I think Aaron Rodgers will win MVP, but I think Tom Brady should win MVP. And he also thinks that MVP is a dumb, corrupted award that no longer does what it set out to do. And I completely agree on that front. Like we've seen Drew Brees get absolutely robbed by another media darling in, in Peyton Manning in 2009. And, you know, I don't even, even in tw 2017, I don't think, Brady would have won if Carson Wentz didn't get injured because they were pushing so hard for anyone other than Brady to win this award because, you know, he wins so much in the postseason and it, it's not fun to write about. It's not sexy to write about Tom Brady winning stuff. But, I mean, they can write about Rodgers winning stuff, which is, which is interesting. It's just, like, I knew Aaron Rodgers would win because after that Bills game that Brady had, you know, the overtime game winning touchdown, they were just looking for any excuse to give it to anyone but him. And we see. And Rodgers, they're throwing efficiency stats, blah, blah, blah. But that's because he didn't have to carry his offense. 
because with the scheme with the running backs, like they have a slow pace as well. They were te- the 10th best offense in the league. And Brady was leading the best offense in the league while having the second fewest rushing attempts of any team in the league. So he had to put that team on his back. And naturally that led to unfortunate interceptions. And which is really funny because Brady actually had less turnover worthy throws than Aaron Rodgers did. But you know, the Bucks receivers are just volleying balls to defensive backs. And now the, the, <laughs> the MVP becomes the story of which receivers can catch better. So yeah, hard disagree. 10 votes, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think a lot of those points are fair. Um I'll go through like my my rationale as to why why it is justified. Beginning beginning with all the other candidates. So Jonathan Taylor, I think not making the playoffs was obviously like immediately put put him out of it. Cooper Cup, if it wasn't a quarterback award as it is now, I actually yeah, agree Cooper with you. Cup, like yeah. if it wasn't a cup a quarterback award as it is now, I think he is is the rightful MVP of the league. But we've now seen that they'll give that that award to the offensive player of the year instead, and then okay. give the MVP to essentially who they think the best quarterback is that year. Um, when it comes which to which isn't right, to, by the way, which isn't right. I don't agree with that. With it, no, they should they should probably a make us. They should probably make a separate award for quarterbacks and give MVP to a true MVP for the year, allowing guys like running running backs and receivers and other guys to win. Defensive players, even we haven't even t- we haven't even touched on. But getting to. Aaron versus Brady. Brady obviously has an excellent case. I think what it came down to for Aaron, you mentioned some of it, uh, turnovers, uh, four interceptions to, I believe, 12, I think was is a big part of it. I also think the fact that his team won the, like, got, got the number one seed also played a role. I also think that there was another interesting uh, stat that Mike Renner from PFF <laughs> had mentioned um, um, to to defend Aaron, and it was it was really interesting. It says that this was this was he said, he mentioned this in a podcast, and it says during the regular season when it wasn't game over, as in when the game was still in the competitive balance, and it wasn't some sort of garbage time or whatever. Aaron's EPA per play was point three two three, and Brady's was point one two three. So, I think I think that just goes to show. In the regular season, who who was playing who was playing their most when the game was in the competitive balance, and that kind of makes the case for Aaron Rodgers winning. I think. I mean, I I think he deserves it. I think I think he had a really good season, and uh, coming off back to back MVPs has been is really impressive, and it's good for him. Well, we can we can agree to disagree. <laughs> I think it was. Well, we'll have to. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think what they saw was just the twelve interceptions to you know four interceptions, but yeah. they didn't see all the because Brady literally had less turnover worthy plays than Aaron Rodgers did this season, a less turnover worthy play percentage while still holding that insane volume with seven hundred and nineteen passes, a forty four year old having to deal with that, and especially against like top ten passing defenses. Brady, he had seven games against top 10 passing defenses by uh, DVOA, which is adjusted, depending on, like, what offensive schedule you're facing. So it doesn't, like, if you play just crappy offenses, it's not going to reward you as much. So Brady had seven games 
against top 10 uh, DVO, DVOA defenses. And he had a 65% completion, 2,400 yards, which was 349 yards per game, 7.5 yards per attempt, 15 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio, and 63.7 average QBR. Aaron Rodgers only had five games against this level of competition with a 60% completion percentage, only 1,000 yards, which is 214 yards per game, a 5.9 yards per attempt, a 7.7 a to 2 touchdown and interception ratio, and a 57.4 average quarterback rating. So he was playing, you know, less talented defenses. And I think he really benefited from that. He does have the best, better offensive scheme as well which is why the Packers weren't, didn't really have to rely on him as much, but which is why I think if you're doing MVP, like most valuable, it has to be Brady. And I just think it's ridiculous that he only got 10 votes. Uh, I only have one last point on this and, <laughs> and then we can move on. But my, my last point being that I was impressed or surprised that the voters were able to see through a lot of the volume stuff because the, the stats you listed are good and they're true. And I do think Brady has a good case, but we've never really voted based on volume. Like we've never voted based on. No, nope. it's <laughs> always been volume, daddy. It's literally 2018, 2018. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he was not more efficient than Drew Brees. Not at all. 20, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, it was not fully efficiency. It was his rushing stats plus his passing stats that let him win. Cam Newton, it was not efficiency. He, in 2015, he won that based off of volume. 2016, Matt Ryan, he was not more efficient than Tom Brady. He won that on volume. And you can, you can go back all the way. 2014, Tony Romo was more efficient than Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers won on volume. It's just, it's always been volume, except for when it's Brady's turn, which is interesting. But I think we have to look at the year Jim, Jameson Winston won the most passing yards. He had the most volume, and he obviously but didn't I mean, win the award because he wasn't a good player. Yeah, but so that's, I, don't, I don't think... that What? 30, think no quarterback is winning <laughs> throwing 30 interceptions. What? That's... Right, but I, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't think it's volume every year. And I think they looked a lot at efficiency this year. Because Brady just threw the ball so many more times, like over yeah, 100 more times. Yeah, because he was required times. to. He was required to carry. That offense is not scoring as much if Brady doesn't throw. If Brady doesn't throw 30 times a game, they're losing. Or more than 30 times a game. He he was, they went 3-1 and one when he threw 50 times. That's more, that's the same amount of wins that, that Aaron Rodgers has in his entire career, throwing 50, 50 plus times in a game. Right, but I just, I, I don't, I think it should be based on efficiency, and so because it was, I don't think that's necessarily okay. A bad so thing. We're, we'll just have one quarterback play eight games, have a nice eight games, and they win MVP, right? <laughs> if it should be efficiency, I mean, then Drew Brees would have how many MVPs would he have? He certainly would have won would've... over over Peyton Manning in two thousand nine. He would have won over Patrick Mahomes in. 2018. 2018. I, I agree with you that Juby should have the 2009 one, though. Like, I do I do think Juby's... Uh, yeah, and it's just... That's, would have deserved that's that how one. media voting goes. It's just, you know... Oh, we like, you know, Peyton Manning was the media darling, and 
you know, oh, he hadn't won that much in the playoffs. So let's just let's give it to him because, you know, he's not going to win anything else. So he, <laughs> here it is. Which is kind of the same for Rogers. Like, I don't think the media likes Rogers after this year and everything he's done. What? I don't think they like him. I, I think the- it's just, I think the turnovers, like three times as many turnovers was just something they they just refused to yeah overlook. so so then it just becomes then they're not watching the games then because that was four at least four of those weren't even brady's fault so you, then the media is just not watching games at all but we can, i think we can agree on we, that i think even if we take if it's out just a box four, thing even if we take out four that's still double the interceptions like it's very hard to overlook yeah but when you when you look at if you're watching the games and you're placing like the turnover worthy throws Rodgers had more dropped interceptions than Brady did. So now we're basing MVP off dropped interceptions or dropped passes. It needs to, you need to find a way to isolate or like watch the games and see who's like actually carrying their team. I really don't think they care about turnover worthy. Like I think they're very much more based, like we'll be biased towards like that what number what the numbers came out as as opposed to Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's a, a box score award now. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Yeah, I, so... I don't think I don't think it's bad that this year was efficiency, and I do think the award has changed a bit over time since how how they're voting for it, like back in two thousand nine versus how they vote for it today. But yeah, and I think I think it's mostly just a Brady fatigue thing because if Justin Herbert was on the Bucks and had the exact same stats, exact same record, Justin Herbert is winning that award. Any other quarterback not named Tom Brady is winning that award. Much less to mention they're 44 years old. Like if you if, if Justin Herbert put up 43 touchdowns, went 13 and 4, the exact same stats, he's winning that award. I think we can agree on that. Not, not unless, let's say, Joe Burrow puts up Aaron's stat line, for example. Like I think. No, just I, even I, I if, think it even goes if both Joe, ways. No, even if Joe Burrow put up Aaron Rodgers' stat line, Justin Herbert is winning that award. Maybe. I mean, it's a, it's a hypothetical, but I, I, I just don't think they like Aaron. I think the things that they use, we can agree, aren't perfect, but those things prefer Rodgers. The turnovers prefer Rodgers, and the efficiency also prefers him. Yeah, which are like receiver team stats thing. So we're just gonna it's just gonna be who has the better scheme and who has the better better receivers, whose receivers actually catch the ball. I guess so. We'll see. We will. I don't know. We need we need to move on. We have a offensive player. Well, you said you you don't disagree on any of the other awards, really, right? Yeah. I think they actually, some of the voting, though, the voting for some of them, eh, but, like, the overall winners, I agree with. Yeah, one thing that stood out to me for Coach of the Year was Zach Taylor only getting, I think, two votes. Mike Vrabel won it in a landslide, but I was surprised to see Zach Taylor not not be up there with how the Bengals played. Even in the regular season, they had a really, really good season that ended up in the third seed, and... Matt LaFleur, I think, got nine votes as well. But but Mike Ribble was the overwhelming favorite because of how that team battled injuries all season and how they were able to overcome that. Yeah, I think getting the one seed for 
for the Titans was huge and allowing Vrabel to get a coach of the year. But I think Matt LaFleur has been disrespected a little bit. I think in the voting, like I think Rogers has been getting pumped up and like Matt LaFleur has been because yeah, 13, 13 and three, three straight seasons. And then how many votes did he get? Eight or so votes? I think it was nine. Nine votes? Yeah, that's just that's just too little. Let me go find the break. Yeah, he got he got eight votes. Oh eight. So yeah, that's I think that's that's a lot of disrespect. Yeah, my floor has been quite good. Yeah. Hmm. Over the past few years, how do you feel about defensive player of the year? Do you think it's uh Aaron Donald fatigue thing or TJ Watt deserved this one? I kind of feel like after TJ Watt broke that sack record, he was just gonna get it. Yeah, but... I think because it's a historic season. Like if you look at most of these, like Cooper Cup historic season, TJ Watt historic season, Jamar Chase historic season, uh, Micah Parsons historic season. So I can't, yeah. I can't really complain with any of those. And then Joe Burrow also having. An insane season coming back. Coming injury. back. That, yeah. that that was the one that was close. Just skimming all the voting was the closest one with Dak Prescott also getting a ton, a ton of votes after his mm-hmm. injury kind of shocked everybody. But I think because Joe Burrow, they both came back from bad injuries and Joe Burrow had a better season. That kind of swayed swayed things Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow's way, but you couldn't have really gone, gone wrong with either. Yeah. Also, yeah, I didn't... Oh. Right. Also important to note, uh, Micah Parsons was a unanimous defensive rookie of the year, and I think it's the first ever. So that was really cool. Nobody else got a single vote, and that was obviously yeah, that was that was deserved. Also well deserved. Oh, well deserved. Um, quick point on that too: the the defensive players were t- taken above him. Gonna start looking smelly in the next few years. <laughs> J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain. Pat Sertain has played really well. J.C. Horn played well before getting hurt, mm-hmm. but. Micah Parsons is on another level. Yeah, he's and he's a stud. It's gonna be that's gonna start looking funny pretty soon, if not already. <laughs> so that that was just something I was thinking about today, and I, I thought it was kind of interesting. But but yeah, I agree with you. All most of the most of the awards are were pretty justified, and it was a pretty pretty obvious yeah. one this year. The voting still needs like I it's the system is absolutely atrocious like even looking at the pro bowl voting like devin white was leading for linebackers for the longest time and i was just like oh my goodness like it almost gave me an aneurysm and then um digs too being an all all pro oh my god like i don't even want to get into that like there are so many players in this league that are disrespected and just overlooked and just for box score box score numbers but I mean, yeah, like, I understand you can't watch every game, but I just feel like the, the people voting for these awards should, like, it, I think there needs to be a change or something and how this is, or, like, your votes can't be unanimous. Like, we need to be able to see and we need to be able to flame you. Like, even I'm a Pats fan, but who is voting for Mac Jones as a rookie offensive player of the year over over... Jamar Chase, like, come on. 
let's let's be real, people. Yes, the quarterback position is more important, blah, 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 but it's right there. How do you feel about Pro Bowl versus All Pro? Because I, I feel like All Pro does a slightly better job at highlighting, but the Pro Bowl has gone pretty bad as of recent. Yeah, the All Pro is still much better than the Pro Bowl because there's mm-hmm. no fan voting, right? But yeah. even still, it's it can... Like, Trayvon Diggs, first team All Pro. Oh, my goodness. Just because of interceptions while he's getting cooked left and right. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> He's days, getting targeted man. in games. I, I think one of the biggest issues with it is that there's certain stats that are looked at, and they're just, if you get this number, you automatically qualify. So just Trayvon Diggs having the most interceptions. Yeah. Just automatically qualified him, regardless, regardless of how good of a corner exa- Exactly. <laughs> Nothing else matters. He's just exactly. that much takeaways. And I was watching the game, and they were they were talking about it. They're like, how do you get how do you have that many takeaways? I'm like, I mean, he just gambles on every play. But the, those 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 type of things are are a bit annoying because there's there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more nuance to it. Yeah. And and they're not taking that into consideration. Yeah, that's. I think you put it forward. There's like some stats that they just key in, and then just it's tunnel vision for everything else, and that can be very annoying. But you know what? Let's end on a positive note. We've got a great game coming up this Sunday. It should, it should be a lot of fun. We've had a great season of football, and and the Super Bowl is just gonna cap it off. Halftime should be a lot of fun as well with all the with all the performers. There's so many. I don't want to list them because I don't want to miss anyone. <laughs> miss anyone? Yeah, it's like this big collab. But it should be a lot. Let of me fun. let me get the let me get the list. The California themed minus Eminem. <laughs> oh yeah. But that should be really cool as well. Yeah, so it's got Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige. So that should be something. What what food are you getting? We're getting wings. I'm so excited. Food? I'm not quite sure yet. I'm going over to a friend's, and I think he's going to order, but probably pizza wings, typical game day food. Yeah, the basic stuff. That it, it, It doesn't fail, though. It never fails. Never. No, it should be a lot of fun. We're excited to... To come back and break down the game afterwards. We're excited to watch the games. And yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your support. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at What's the Play 12 and on Instagram at What's underscore the play. So you can stay up to date with all our content. We want to say thank you again for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.